Monday, September 11th, and we just had the week one Sunday happen. And boy, oh boy, do we have some football to talk about today. I'm your host, Jason Allwine. This is Way Can Take, and football is finally here. So let's sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. So today, we're just going to go game by 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 game. I hope that was 16 games that I just named because, well, I guess actually we've only been at 15. I hope I named 15. We still got one more tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Still one more football game tonight. But before we go game by game by game by game by game by game by game. We're going to talk about the injuries that happened, and unfortunately, that is just a part of the game. Uh, and J.K. Dobbins, unfortunately, tore his Achilles yesterday. Season ender, I hate to say this, but more than likely a career ender as well. He has been injured basically every year, already shattered his knee. Now you have another injury that's impossible to come back from. Contract's almost over. Terrible terrible situation for J.K. Dobbins, and my heart goes out to him, uh, and I wish him the best recovery, but it is going to be tough to return to fantasy football relevancy at the least. You know, he might still make it on a roster as a sort of depth piece if a team decides to take a chance on him on a prove-it deal or something, but that is going to be a long road to recovery, and it's going to be hard for a team to want to take a chance on him given his injury history, uh, and it really does just suck. And uh, the the rest of the injuries, fortunately, uh, weren't, you know, as serious. Uh, Aaron Jones, Deontay Johnson, they picked up some hamstring injuries. That's something to monitor. Jacoby Myers picked up a concussion on a dirty hit. That's something to monitor. And Pat Fryermuth left the game with a chest injury. Still no updates on that. So that's something to keep your eye on as well. Um, but those are kind of the big injuries. Again, just really hard goes out to J.K. Dobbins as that is just an unfortunate one for sure. Um, and without further ado, now that we've talked about the injuries, let's go ahead and talk about these games. And first, I want to see if you guys can guess what I believe was the play of the week. We'll see. Maybe not the play of the week, but the one I've decided to show this morning, the B. John Robinson touchdown. And I just love it. I just love it. It is so good. Check out this catch. Just running out. Cuts back, breaks the tackle, breaks two more tackles, and gets right on in to that end zone. Fantastic work from Bijan Robinson and fantastic work by the Falcons as they win their season opener 24-10 against the Carolina Panthers. Jesse Bates, the star, picking him off twice, racking up 10 tackles. Great performance by the new safety brought in from Cincinnati, but... Another story about this is how good Tyler Algier looked. 15 carries, 75 yards, two touchdowns, three catches for 19 yards, averaged over five yards a touch, scored twice, and was running like an angry man. Those of you who took a chance on him as a handcuff, congratulations. You have a guy that you're probably going to be able to flex all season. 
there's a lot of carries to go around in this offense. And yes, Cordero Patterson is going to come back. He was not active for this game. He was not a healthy scratch. He was unhealthy for this game and he didn't play. So, you know, he might still get some usage, but still to see 25 carries split, bet- 26 carries split between three people, uh, 15 of them to Algier, 10 to Bijan, one to Desmond Ritter, which we'll talk about here in a second. Uh, that's just a lot of carries to go around. And Tyler Algier looked damn good yesterday. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm, I would just be very glad if I roster him, which, you know, I do, of course, being the Falcons homer. And I know a lot of you do, too, as he was very, very cheap this offseason. Uh, and you've been listening to me on the Wake and Tape. Uh, but Desmond Ritter, that's something I want to talk about because I was a little bit disappointed in Desmond Ritter's performance. Yeah, it wasn't bad. In fact, it was a decent performance. He finished the day with a passer rating of 111.8, but his QBR was only 28. And how is that? Well, he threw the ball 18 times, had 15 completions, had a touchdown, but only 115 yards. He was also sacked four times. Uh, and again, when you throw the ball 18 times and have such a good completion percentage, completing 15 out of 18 passes, you should have a lot more than 115 yards. But perhaps that's what we should have expected given the way this Falcons offense ran last year. They just don't care about scoring points. They don't care about big plays. They just want to win the damn football game. That's evidenced by the press conference at the end after Drake London had zero receptions off of only one target. Arthur Smith in the press game interview, post game interview said, we don't care. Drake London doesn't care. All we care about is that one and oh. And so while Desmond Ritter didn't put up the most uh, fantastic stats in the world, he still got the job done, didn't turn the ball over and was efficient in those uh, pass attempts. But it is concerning for, for me. I've been touting Kyle Pitts all offseason, really. And yeah, I'm not off of him yet. But to only see two receptions and, and well, 44 yards off of two receptions is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But I, I <laughs> that passing volume is still really, really bad. And they're not taking really big shots. And so it's going to, I still think he's going to have some big games. Uh, but it, it's definitely not going to be consistent. He'll be great in the Scott Fishbowl, by the way. Whoever got Kyle Pitts in this Scott Fishbowl, that looked really good. He got like 13 points in the Scott Fishbowl based on their scoring with like the first downs, the super, super tight end premium. Uh, but still, uh, it, it's really concerning. It is really concerning for the Falcons pass catchers. Again, I still think that Kyle Pitts is the better one based on the athleticism uh, and everything. And the fact that basically what I described would happen with the Falcons happened. Drake London was shut down as I expected him to be. Uh, and it was Mac Hollins, Kyle Pitts, and Bijan Robinson basically getting it done in the receiving game. And speaking of Bijan Robinson, six receptions, 27 yards, and a touchdown, 10 carries for 56 yards, also averaged over five yards per touch. Great rookie debut for him. Love to see the usage. And this is only the beginning the Falcons offense and the Falcons are going to pose a problem all year we saw that defense uh I know it was against a rookie quarterback but still everything was clicking and like we said they just care about that one and oh that win and they're gonna do that every week so the Panthers 
not really much to take away here besides the fact that Hayden Hurst is go- is going to prove himself to be one of the better values of this offseason. He was free in plenty, plenty of leagues, and it's looking like he will be this team's leading receiver. This is something that started being speculated over the last couple weeks as none of these wide receivers tried to make them na- a name for themselves really at all. It's really, really bad when no wide receiver had more than two receptions and Miles Sanders had four. That's terrible, actually. That's actually terrible. And so look for Hayden Hurst to continue to have a good game. I don't know if, or a good season. I don't know if it was really a matchup thing. Usually the Falcons do. I mean, we saw a good safety performance. Richie Grant's pretty good, and the linebackers are pretty good. So usually, you know, tight ends can be neutralized, but Hayden Hurst, again, had himself a pretty solid game. And so did Miles Sanders with 18 carries, 72 yards. Chuba Hubbard, nine carries for 60 yards. The Panthers are going to be okay, uh, but... Uh, they're definitely more than likely going to finish at the end of the division unless they go hot because, I mean, we just saw the Buccaneers look really good as well, and the Saints also got themselves a W in a close matchup. The NFC South is still up for grabs. Uh, It's not the Saints. (laughs) It's not going to be the Saints. But let's talk about move on to another game here, and this is the Browns-Bengals. Unfortunately for the Bengals, their offense was completely shut down by the Browns. The final score was 24 to three in Cleveland's favor. Joe Burrow didn't even complete 50% of his passes. He was 14 of 31 for only 82 yards and no touchdowns. T Higgins had himself eight targets and zero receptions. So it's not like Drake London who only got one target, eight targets and zero receptions. Not a good performance by him. But again, the, this Cleveland Browns defense shut them down, clearly had their number, and the weather was pretty bad as well. So I'm not going to overreact too much here. Jamar Chase still did Jamar Chase things with five receptions for 39 yards. That led the team. Uh, and no one else really got involved, uh, you know, like the, the backups really. Uh, I mean, yeah, Joe Mixon, you know, did his thing. He had five receptions for 39 yards, 13 carries for 56 yards. No touchdowns for him as well, of course, as, you know, just said, they only had three points. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, it was exactly as you expected. Uh, in, in, it was interesting to see no Chase Brown really yesterday. Chris Evans and Travion Williams both had a couple carries. Chris Evans also had a reception. So he's probably the running back to own as of right now, but we'll see how that develops as the year goes on. Really, again, not going to read too much into this game at least from the Bengals perspective, I do think that there are some good takeaways here for Cleveland. And that is that Deshaun Watson still isn't Deshaun Watson of old. Is he going to get it done this year? Yeah, probably. But 16 of 29, 154 yards, a touchdown and an interception. And what is concerning is that they still did run the ball a ton. Again, the weather contributed to that. But Nick Chubb, 18 carries, for 106 yards, still doing Nick Chubb things. And Jerome Ford, 15 carries for 36 yards. And so they are going to run the ball a lot. I know all offseason we were talking about them potentially starting to pass the ball a lot more considering they added all these passing options. Uh, But no, they're still going to be a very, very run-heavy team. Uh, And it was, in fact, Elijah Moore, who, you know, I I didn't have the guts to, uh, you know, sign or – draft anywhere to me the ADP felt a little high but he was the leading receiver in this game Elijah Moore three receptions 43 yards seven 
targets. That is basically the same stat line as Amari Cooper, who also had three receptions off of seven targets and only 37 yards. So look for Elijah Moore to continue to get a decent bit of targets. Uh, again, this is only week one, so it could be a matchup thing. Like maybe, you know, the Bengals just don't have a way to cover Elijah Moore. Donovan Peoples-Jones in particular was pretty shut down, but he also only had two targets. So his role might be gone as well. Very interesting stuff to note. Uh, and then just another takeaway here real quick is that Jerome Ford, while he did have 15 carries, again, only had 36 yards and did fumble the ball. So Pierre Strong is probably going to, you know, at least move up a tiny bit. Um, a tiny bit. I, I will see, but it's still looking like, I mean, they gave him 15 carries. So the Browns obviously really do trust Jerome Ford and view him as the handcuff, the backup to own for Nick Chubb. And we might as well take that same approach as we go forward. Fantasy intervention gives a good stat here in the chat. Last time a receiver had eight targets and zero receptions. It was Amari Cooper. So T Higgins is in okay company uh, and will be fine. I would say hold on to him. Yeah, I mean, you're not you're not really going to be able to get much for him anyway. And I mean, that's what you should come to expect for the Bengals receivers. I, I mean, like I know T. Higgins is a good athlete, but it's the Jamar Chase show. It is what it is. T. Higgins, the, the thing I like to go to is basically he has had, it was like 113 and 111 targets or something like that over the last two seasons. Uh, and so it's showing that he gets what he gets, right? Like um, uh, T. Higgins is T. Higgins. It's Jamar Chase. And then Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are both going to have their games. Maybe Irv Smith, he didn't do anything in this game. And so that's something I want to keep an eye on is just this tight end development in general. Um, but yeah, the, not too much to read into yet for the Bengals. And I'm not going to panic if I own T. Higgins. The next game was a fantastic one. And it was the Jaguars Colts. Anthony Richardson had himself a fantastic game, uh, at least for a rookie debut. 10 carries for 40 yards and a touchdown. 24 of 37 for over 200 passing yards, a touchdown, and one interception. Honestly, a fantastic performance for him. This is why we've been saying here at Player Profiler, he is the QB1. He's bust-proof. He's fantastic. Dude's a dog. He has everything going for him. And I'm excited to see how this rookie season will progress. As again, this is only the beginning. And the Jaguars defense was stingy last year, especially towards the end of the year. And they made the playoffs. They, you know, held down the Chargers for an entire half. They kept it close with the Chiefs. I mean, this defense is nothing to scoff at, especially going against a rookie quarterback. You would have expected maybe a little bit of some growing pains there. But no, Anthony Richardson looked fantastic. And so did Michael Pittman, eight receptions for 97 yards and a touchdown. So for anyone, myself, who was, you know, concerned about who the pass catcher would be on the Colts, who Anthony Richardson would favor, how it would be spread around, the answer is Michael Pittman is getting everything. Um, and it was 11 targets. Next was Josh Downs with seven. So that's extremely encouraging to see as we do love those rookie to rookie connections. Those things can blossom. Alec Pierce only had himself one reception. So that's not good to see. And Dion Jackson. And this is why I said don't pay up for a Colts running back. 13 carries for 14 yards. Terrible. Five receptions for 14 yards. At least he did okay in terms of PPR performance, getting five receptions there. But that is just not good efficiency at all. And so if Zach Moss returns, he's definitely going to get a good bit of volume. And Evan Hole is going to move himself up. He had less carries, same amount of receptions as even Jake Funk 
in this game, but still Evan Hole as the year goes on will probably get more work. And I see Deion Jackson losing work as the year goes on as well. In terms of Jacksonville, it looked really good. Congratulations to rookie Tank Bigsby as he got himself his first career touchdown. But so, well, not career, but Travis Etienne really did look great. He had 18 carries for 77 yards and set a new career high for receptions in a game with five. He had never crossed two receptions in a game. This game, he had five for 27, looked good. He got himself a rushing touchdown. Travis Etienne is here, and I hope he can keep it up. You know, you love to see a 100-yard game right out of the gate and a touchdown. Great, great usage by him. And Calvin Ridley, agent zero, 101 yards and a touchdown, also looked fantastic. We'll see how long he can keep it up. I hope forever. That was very exciting to watch. And it was surprisingly Christian Kirk who disappointed. I really did think that he was locked into, you know, basically the same amount of usage, maybe a little bit less considering he is the slot guy. But no, only one reception for nine yards, only three targets. Zay Jones out-targeted him with seven. Also had five receptions for 55 yards and a touchdown. And Evan Ingram, also five receptions for 49 yards. So uh, to see four people finish with more receptions than Christian Kirk is not encouraging at all. I do think he'll still have some games, but I wish it was a bit more consistent. We'll see how it goes. I mean, Trevor Lawrence had himself a pretty good game, two touchdowns and interception, 241 yards. It is what it is, um, and it's Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he, he's here. He is here as well. Trevor Lawrence is here. You don't want to see the interception, of course, but, I mean, still 200-plus yards, two touchdowns, decent QBR, got a win. Uh, really everything you could ask for. Jaguars look good. They look like the front runner for this division yet again. The next game was a surprising upset. The Buccaneers, who many pegged as the worst team in the NFL, beat the Vikings 20-17. to And it, Baker Mayfield looked decent. He didn't even cross the 200-yard pass mark, but still did get himself two touchdowns. Rashad White didn't look fantastic. Uh, the classic Rashad White, I'm not going to be efficient at all. Rashad White moment. 17 carries for 39 yards, only averaging 2.3, but he did, of course, have two receptions for 10 yards doing Rashad White things. Sean Tucker got moved in as well, also two receptions for nine yards, five carries for 15, so at least averaged more yards per carry than Rashad White. This will definitely turn more into a committee as the year goes on. Um, and the wide receivers, as expected, they outperform their ADP. We've been saying all offseason on this show, the Buccaneers are going to provide a ton, a ton of value. Mike Evans, six yards, six receptions for 66 yards and a touchdown. Chris Godwin, five receptions, 451 yards. Both of these guys are going to be efficient, good scoring fantasy football producers all year. There's so much value in this Tampa Bay offense, and it, it is very good to see them even pull off a win over a very good Minnesota Vikings team. And who would have guessed that Alexander Madison would only have 34 rush yards? He saved the day for managers with a receiving touchdown, three receptions for 10 yards and a touchdown. But that has to be concerning if you spent that high draft capital on Alexander Madison. He was, I mean, I've never seen so much hype for a player in my life. I really still don't think it's going to pan out again. 
only was fantasy relevant this week because he got a receiving touchdown, which is not going to be consistent at all. I do definitely see him losing that work as the year goes on. Um, and, and so, yeah, it, it is tough to see for Alexander Madison. You'd like to see a little bit more efficiency there, but at least he is still the workhorse. I mean, no one even sniffed five carries. Kirk Cousins had three. Ty Chandler had three. Ty Chandler also only had one reception. So Alexander Madison basically tripling the usage of every other running back on this roster. And then some Justin Jefferson did Justin Jefferson things 150 yards. And Jordan Addison, 61 yards and a touchdown. A beautiful touchdown grab for him. A great route, great catch all alone in the end zone. Congratulations to the rookie scoring his first touchdown. And I am a little bit concerned about TJ Hawkinson having eight receptions for 35 yards. You would like to see a bit more yardage there off of eight receptions, but you're very, very happy in PPR tight end premium leagues because my man scored a lot of points off of those eight receptions. And, you know, it's just also really good to see that kind of volume go his way. But you'd like to see him maybe take the top off of the defense a little bit, get a good play in. Uh, But we'll see how that usage goes over the year. Still definitely good to see eight receptions for sure. The next game was the Saints-Titans. And the Saints actually did pull off the W. It was a disgusting football game. 16-15. to Ryan Tannehill looked terrible. 200 yards and three interceptions off of no touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins was the leading receiver with 65 yards and seven receptions off of 13 targets. So tons and tons and tons and tons of volume. Nick Westbrook, Akine, of course, second. Of course he was because that is the most week one thing in the world. He took those seven targets for four receptions and 58 yards. Um, It sucked really because Chig... Two targets, zero receptions. Traylon Burks, three targets, two receptions, and 18 yards. You would love to see more usage from them, but we just did not see it. And I don't know if we will see it. I'm still not going to overreact yet. Still some time to you know wait to see how this goes. But that's a ton of targets going DeAndre Hopkins' way. And seven going Nick Westbrook-Akine's way is never a good thing, especially with the athleticism that Chig and Burks has. You would have thought that they'd be used a bit more, but who knows? We'll see what happens next week. We know that the Saints are a stingy defense, um, and so I'm not going to overreact yet, yet. But if Nick Westbrook-Akine goes out again next week and outs targets both of those guys by a wide margin again, that's when we're going to be concerned. That's when it's going to turn into an issue. I also did want to note Tajay Spears here, who was on the field a decent bit. He had himself three carries for an impressive 27 yards and also had himself a reception. I want to see that role continue over the year. But, of course, it's not really going to happen because Derrick Henry is still Derrick Henry. Two receptions for 56 yards and 15 carries for 63. A great game for Derrick Henry. The king is still the king. What more can I say? The Saints, however, their car was impressive, you know, not there in the touchdown department, but he did cross that 300 yardage mark. He had 305 yards and a touchdown, did throw an interception, but he sustained plenty of weapons in this game. Chris Olave, eight receptions for 112 yards. And one of the bigger stories, Rashid Shahid, five receptions for 89 yards and a touchdown. And also, Shahid had 110 special teams yards. So I highly, highly encourage anyone 
to go pick up Rashid Shahid, especially in special team scoring leagues where you get kick return yards because the dude was also used as a rusher, two carries for 11 yards. Rashid Shahid is definitely a part of this Saints game plan. It was something else, and he looked good. He really, really did. We saw it last year. Um, he, he very, very lightning in a bottle. Saw it again now in week one. Rashid Shahid definitely needs to be rostered and probably startable every single week in special team scoring leagues. Um, Derek Carr just talked about all of his passing and all those receivings. Um, it was Jamal Williams who did the most Jamal Williams stat line without the touchdowns I've ever seen, a whopping 18 carries for 45 yards. That really should have been expected. The Titans do have a really tough defensive line. That was not a good matchup for him. Good to see all the volume. And again, we'll see how it goes, especially when Alvin Kamara returns and if Kendra Miller can get a play in as well or get a game in. Next up, the 49ers beat the Steelers 30-7. to And Brock Purdy looked incredible. Brock Purdy looked incredible. 19-29, 220 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Brock Purdy, man. He is what he is. He's the first quarterback to start to win all six of his first career regular season starts and throw at least two touchdowns in all six of those. He is an incredibly efficient and good quarterback locked in as the quarterback for the San Francisco for the future. This is the guy. He's only 23 years old, only in his second year, and really has a strong command of this offense. Brandon Ayuk, 129 off of yards off of eight receptions, two touchdowns. What? a game for Brandon Ayuk. I don't know if it'll happen again. You know, it's hard to have you know two touchdown games again, but it sure looked like uh, Brock Purdy's favorite target in this game. Incredible, incredible performance by him. And same with Debo Samuel, you know, obviously no touchdowns here, but five receptions for 55 yards. Also had himself two carries. Again, good to see that usage. That's, you know, seven targets is good for Debo Samuel. Getting those carries is good for Debo Samuel. He's just got to take one to the house next time, and I'm sure he will. And Christian McCaffrey doing Christian McCaffrey things. My God, 22 carries for 152 yards and a touchdown and three receptions for 17 yards. Looked amazing and held off Elijah Mitchell, who only had five carries for 10 yards. We wanted to see a bigger role for Elijah Mitchell, but we didn't, unfortunately. Um, I don't know if it'll if it'll go up. I really don't. That's something to monitor as it goes. But I mean, as long as Christian McCaffrey is doing what he did, I can't see why you wouldn't give him a massive workload. There were reports that they wanted to hold him back. It sure did not look like it at all. 22 carries is a ton, especially when only five go to the backup. And Elijah Mitchell was getting carries in the playoffs last year. So it was honestly really weird. I thought he, I really did think he'd get a bit more. Let's talk about these Steelers because this is a concerning offense here, especially as the injuries pile up. George Pickens only had himself five receptions for 36 yards off of seven targets. That'll go up. He'll get more targets next week as Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth both picked up injuries. But surprisingly, Allen Robinson was the leading receiver in both targets and yards. Eight receptions, or sorry, eight targets went his way, and he took it for five receptions for 64 yards. Um. 
I guess I am a little concerned, C.J. O'Donnell. I really did think that Allen Robinson would be a non-factor. C.J. O'Donnell says, are you worried about Pickens and Pittsburgh? Um, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. But I'm not going to overreact again too much. This was week one, and it was against the best defense in the league. Well, maybe, as the Cowboys look fantastic, as we'll talk about it a bit. But they played against the 49ers. So to, to do poorly against the 49ers is totally allowed. That's fine. Kenny Pickett. 232 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions, 68.4 passer rating, 23.9 QBR. Really, really not a good game at all for him. And Najee Harris, same, six carries for 31 yards and only two receptions for two yards. Jalen Warren looked good, had close usage, three carries for six yards, five receptions for 12 yards. That's the big takeaway here. Najee Harris probably has lost the receiving work. But it is also possible that, you know, they were so far down, this game was lost. You're not going to run the ball a ton, and you might as well not risk the health of Najee Harris and just let Jalen Warren try to do some stuff. But still, you'd like to see them maybe work in Najee Harris a little bit. Uh, and they really did it. And so I am concerned. As you guys know, I was expecting Najee Harris to have a pretty big year. Um, we'll see how it develops, of course. Uh, and again, could just be a game script thing, and we'll see what happens in different matchups. But some some concern there with Allen Robinson being the leading receiver and Najee Harris not looking that good. The Commanders looked pretty good as well as they beat the Cardinals 20-16. to 16, And that's the big story here is the Cardinals also looked decent. Joshua Dobbs, no interceptions, 132 yards. Um, and that's okay. James Conner, 62 yards off of uh, 14 carries and also had five receptions. So James Conner, of course, getting that workhorse usage. As expected, the dude is a bow cow. Back-to-back -back seasons of top 10 points per game and opportunity shares. you got to love James Conner. Uh, and the receivers, um, wow, really, is all I can say. Zach Ertz, the leading target earner and the receiving leader. Uh, six receptions for 21 yards and 10 targets. Lots of it. Lots of usage going his way. But Trey McBride did actually outproduce him with two receptions for 23 yards. Unfortunately, Trey McBride is probably a drop in your one tight end leagues, especially shallower rosters. As again, I did just say, Zach Ertz got 10 targets. That is a ton of usage for Zach Ertz, especially coming off the injury and at his age. It's still going to take another year for Trey McBride. And also that advice was for redraft leagues. Of course, you're still holding on to him in Dynasty. Uh, but I do think that you could probably, you know, cut bait and try to pick him up later if Zach Ertz actually gets hurt. But Rondale Moore, 33 yards, and that makes him the leading receiver. Yeah, 33 yards makes him the leading receiver. Definitely concerning there, but it'll be fine when Kyler Murray returns. Marquise Brown, also three receptions for 28 yards. Pretty good. Pretty good. But, uh, you know, you want to see some more. Definitely want to see some more, but that's probably more of a quarterback thing. Both of them did look good. Rondale Moore, in particular, had a nice little side, uh, high step and moment down the sideline, which he then did a little truck move. The spark is there. The swagger's there, so pretty cool to see that for Mondale Moore. Sam Howell uh, had 202 yards, touchdown, and interception, but it was Brian Robinson who, of course, locked down his usage as we should have expected. Brian Robinson just gets carries, and Ron Rivera loves him. 19 carries for 59 yards. He also had himself one reception for seven yards and a touchdown. Antonio Gibson basically got nothing. Three carries for nine yards, one reception for 10 yards, and a fumble, definitely in the doghouse there. It is unfortunately going to be Brian Robinson's backfield, guys. It just is. It just is. It's Brian Robinson's backfield. And Curtis Samuel did his week one thing. He had 55 
uh, 54 yards off of five receptions. I don't think that's going to continue. I think that's just a week one thing because Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson both finished behind him. Um, and that really shouldn't continue. Terry McLaurin, two receptions for 31 yards. Jahan Dotson, five receptions for 40 yards. Good game by both of them. But again, you'd like to see them, you know, lead in something. They didn't even, neither of them even had the most targets as it was actually Logan Thomas who had the most targets in yesterday's game with eight um, and took that for four receptions, 43 yards. Logan Thomas is definitely worth picking up as this is an Eric B enemy offense. Tight ends get used in that offense. Mm. I need some water, guys. Oh, my God. This is a lot of talking. This is a lot of football games. Lots of takeaways. Lots of takeaways. Ravens, 25. Texans, 9. But C.J. Stroud, I think, looked good. No touchdowns, but also no interceptions. Threw the ball 44 times and completed 28 of them for 242 yards. Really, really strong performance by him. Nico Collins was the leading receiver with 11 targets. He had six receptions for 60 yards. Robert Woods was close behind with also six receptions and 57 yards off of 10 targets. So Robert Woods definitely has a role in this offense. It's possible that it's because John Mechie was out, but I would I would not bet on that. I think it's possible they're going to take their time with John Mechie now. That was someone that, you know, I wanted to see a little bit of, but I think it's just going to take some time for him for sure. Uh, especially with Robert Woods looking decent and Tank Dell having the connection that he does have with C.J. Stroud took three receptions for 34 yards. Pretty good performance by the rookie as well. So Nico Collins, a buy. By Nico Collins, by Tank Dell, probably by John Mechie as the year goes on. I mean, and especially since Robert Woods does have an injury history, that'll that'll probably end up happening at some point. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning into these Houston Texans. And I mean, you guys know it. You guys know it. I've been saying all offseason, I think that this Texans team is going to be better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. I like this coaching staff. Jalen Petrie getting hurt sucks, and you could see it affecting the game. When Jalen Petrie went down, the Ravens definitely started to play a little bit better. So hopefully he can return. He bruised his lung or something crazy like that. He was coughing up blood. Uh, so wishing him a speedy recovery. Big part of that Texans defense. But still, with C.J. Stroud throwing the ball 44 times in his rookie debut, how could you not try to buy one of his receivers? Any of them. Any of them. And then here we are looking at the Ravens, and this was my concern. I know, I know, I know that Todd Munkin was coming to town, and this Baltimore Ravens passing offense was going to change the world. Well, it was fine. Congratulations to Zay Flowers. Nine receptions, 78 yards, and 10 targets. Really good rookie debut for him. You love to see that kind of role in usage. But man, that was it. Only one receiver had more than two receptions outside of Zay Flowers. That was Rashad Bateman, who went three for 35. Odell Beckham, only two for 37. J.K. Dobbins, who got hurt, two for 15. And of course, Isaiah Likely, one for four. I, I encourage you guys to tune into our start and stream uh, live streams on Sundays. Seth and I were doing them this Sunday. Seth did on YouTube. I did on TikTok and Instagram. Neither one of us suggested starting Isaiah likely anytime those questions came in. I, I never once started him. I don't, I understand that you want to start him if Mark Andrews is out, but you just can't. There were too many question marks about this offense. And so I really don't understand why that hype came out, out of nowhere. Really? 
Uh, I know he had a good preseason last year, but he's still a backup tight end for a reason. And this is still a new offense with a new offensive coordinator with a bunch of new weapons. And I just, I, the, the trust shouldn't have been there. Lamar Jackson, the leading rusher, of course, 38 rush yards off of six carries. J.K. Dobbins getting injured, injured leads to that. And Gus Edwards is going to be need to be rostered going forward, as well as Justice Hill. This is going to be their, their backfield. They might bring someone in. As we know, Leonard Fournette and Kareem Hunt are still out there. Fournette would fit pretty decently. Uh, but, you know, I know they have the trust in Gus Edwards. Justice Hill looked good. Um, and so I, I, I think we'll see. Justice Hill had two touchdowns yesterday. And so they might be fine because they're also activating Melvin Gordon up from the active roster. And Lamar Jackson runs the ball so much that, you know, it, it's not that big of a concern for them. They don't need to pay up for one of the star free agents. Um, but we'll see, right? We'll see. Something to keep your eye on for sure. But I do want to just say, I don't, I want to say this, I guess, before I move on. I don't think Zay Flowers is going to get 10 targets every single game. Obviously, really good to see from him. But that I, defenses are definitely going to adjust. There's no way he's going to be allowed to do that on a consistent basis. Um, so I, it might be a selling window, but I mean, I would still roster him or hold on to him overall, just because I mean, that that's incredible usage. No one else had more than three targets and he had 10. So I mean, I, <laughs> that says enough. But we finished the one o'clock slate. Oh my God, 37 minutes in. Woo! Marathon session over here. <laughs> Marathon session. Um, but let's talk about these four o'clock games and go ahead and start asking your questions too, because that's probably what you guys are mostly here for. The Packers beat the Bears 38 to 20. As you guys know, I was expecting this game to be high scoring. Jordan Love, three touchdowns as expected, 15 for 27, 245 yards. This is exactly what I was trying to say. Jordan Love slings the ball. This Packers offense is not the Aaron Rodgers Packers offense anymore. They're much faster. They're much more explosive. And Jordan Love is just not afraid to throw the ball downfield. Aaron Jones, two receptions for 86 yards and a touchdown. That mostly came on one play. And also nine carries for 41 yards and a touchdown. It was the Aaron Jones show before he got hurt. Wish him a speedy recovery for the ham from the hamstring. But those do tend to linger, especially for running backs. So it's a little bit of a concern. A.J. Dillon, 13 carries, 19 yards. You would like to see more efficiency there. Hopefully he can figure it out uh, as he's definitely going to be leaned on. But this is why I've been saying, guys, you have to roster Emmanuel Wilson. That was a preseason darling here. Uh, he'll definitely be utilized if Aaron Jones misses time and he looked good. He'll be a good compliment. This is going to be a high-scoring offense. Go pick up Emmanuel Wilson. In fact, don't even burn a waiver claim on him. You can probably pick him up after everything processes but I do think that Emmanuel Wilson is going to be solid, um, at least for fantasy football purposes, uh, while Aaron Jones is out, and especially if A.J. Dillon ends up going out too. Chicago. Justin Fields really needs to work on his passing, man. Uh, 24 of 37, a touchdown, an interception, 216 yards. He, of course, looked good on the ground, nine carries for 59 yards. But, uh, I mean, Darnell Mooney was the leading receiver, 53 yards off of four receptions and seven targets. Cole Komet, five receptions for 44 yards off of seven targets. And DJ Moore only had himself two targets. It was actually Roshan, Roshan Johnson, of course, of course, player profiler Roshan Johnson, seven targets, six receptions, 35 yards, also five carries for 20 and a touchdown. And Roshan Johnson is just going to continue to steam up, 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 up. 
So go pick up Roshan Johnson if he's for some reason available. He's going to be great. Khalil Herbert didn't look good enough. Three receptions for 37 yards, nine carries for 27 yards. Deontay Foreman didn't get much done either. I could definitely see more of his carries going to Roshan and this becoming a bit more consolidated. Uh, but I love to see six receptions for Roshan Johnson. And again, guys, this is why you need to play the whole game here. The whole game. If you are hyped about a player, DJ Moore is the one I'm talking about here. Everyone, everyone was saying that DJ Moore was going to unlock the Bears passing offense, but it stopped there for some reason. And I feel like I was one of the only people out there saying that, like, no, if the Bears passing offense is going to be unlocked, then that means that Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney are values. And I hated saying that. It wasn't fun to say. But it's true. If a passing offense gets unlocked by an alpha in DJ Moore, by a really good wide receiver one, then more than likely the tight end and the wide receiver two, who used to be the wide receiver one, are going to be targeted as they have been in the past. And they're going to be more open and efficient than they have been before as someone else is taking away the main coverage. So um, I think DJ Moore is definitely going to have some fantastic games this year. Um, the, unfortunately for him, he was matched up against Jair Alexander. So that's just not good. I'm not overreacting about DJ Moore at all, but I am going to, you know, pat myself on the back and just say that, yeah, like Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet are going to be consistent this year. They just are because they're going to be open and it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, next up the Raiders Broncos was a very fun game for me. I love myself some Jimmy G as you guys know, he pulls off the win 17 to 16 he threw himself two touchdowns, did throw an interception, but was pretty efficient. 20 of 26, 200 passing yards. Jacoby Myers, nine receptions for 81 yards. Actually the lead target earner. So hopefully he can recover from his concussion soon. 81 yards and two touchdowns. Already tied his um, already tied his career to touchdown total that he had in New England in one game with Las Vegas. So that was great to see. And it is officially... I know I shouldn't overreact. I mean, I guess if Jacoby Myers is out, but I, I think it's over for Hunter Renfro, and I'm one of the biggest Hunter Renfro fans. But to see him not even get a target, oh, I mean, what the hell? Like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? So I'm uh, very, very concerned about Hunter Renfro. I'm probably dropping him, unfortunately. Uh, and Devontae Adams did Devontae Adams thing. Six receptions for 66 yards, frequently open. And if Jacoby Myers is out, you're going to see him get like 14 targets, I think. I, I mean, like, it's just, it's, it's Devontae Adams, buy him. Saying it here, buy him. Buy Devontae Adams, buy Devontae Adams. I'm doing it. He luckily didn't score a touchdown and didn't get that many targets or even yards or anything. So I still think that that buy window is there. But once he has himself hit a wide receiver one game, especially now that we are in the season and he puts up a 30-something pointer, Yeah he's not going to be viable anymore. So go buy Devontae Adams. I'm in on Devontae Adams. I'm in on Devontae Adams. The Broncos, I mean, they looked better, right? But still not a lot of points. And I don't know what it is because Russell Wilson was fine. He had two touchdowns, didn't cross the 200 yardage mark. And I mean, that that's fine, especially when you look at it. Oh my God. I didn't even notice it was this bad. The Denver Broncos receiving stats, Samaj P. Ryan, the leading receiver with 37 yards. Adam Troutman right behind him with 34. So Adam Troutman definitely needs to be rostered in your tight end premium leagues. Wow. 
<laughs> weird. And then Cortland Sutton, 32 yards and a touchdown. Jerry Judy was out. So, you know, we'll see. Hopefully it's a little bit better with their actual wide receiver one in there. Wanted to see some more from Marvin Mims. Didn't quite see it. Only two receptions for nine yards. It is what it is. Uh, it was cool to see Jaleel McLaughlin. He got himself some usage, but fumbled and lost. Or no, sorry, just lost seven yards. He didn't fumble. Uh, and uh, Javante Williams looked good as well, for sure. Um, 13 carries for 52 yards for Javante Williams. Obviously not the most fantastic, but still good to see that kind of volume go his way as we were worried about his injury and also had four receptions. So Javante Williams still keep firing up. I think he'll, you know, get good as the year goes on and he starts to work back into full health. I do like Javante Williams now. Um, Hodo Prime says Jimmy G was playing T-ball with the Broncos secondary. He really was. Like Jimmy Garoppolo was slicing and dicing. And that's just what this offense is going to look like. I I mean, like that was one of the things I had talked about with you guys was that I did feel that Jimmy Garoppolo going to Las Vegas was a fantastic fit, that Jimmy Garoppolo is just going to make this offense efficient. It is what it is. And Josh Jacobs is mm, 19 carries for 48 yards was not good. And he also didn't get it much done on the receiving game. He did have 23 receiving yards off of two receptions, which is pretty good. But still, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like the number change. It didn't look right. I I, I kind of miss his, you know, not being, what did he switch to? A six or something? One of the single digit numbers. I missed the 30. I think he looked good in, in his old number, but it is what it is. Whatever. But Josh Jacobs, I don't think is repeating this year. I know it's not a hot take. Josh Jacobs is not repeating this year. If you can get a good return for him, I do think I could, you could sell him reasonably um, because I don't know, just that efficiency wasn't there. My biggest surprise game for me was this Eagles Patriots game. Ooh, man, we're going long. Uh, Eagles Patriots was very, very good. Surprisingly, I really did think that the Eagles would run away with it here, but the Patriots made it very competitive and it was on the back of Mac Jones who had 300 yards and three touchdowns and Kendrick Bourne looked really good as well with 64 yards and two touchdowns. He needs to be rostered and Ramondre Stevenson needs to be bought because the usage that you wanted to see is there. He out carried Ezekiel Elliott and he had six receptions for 64 yards. No touchdowns, thankfully, so that buy window is still open. But go get in on it because this Patriots offense looked really good, like genuinely did look good. Mac Jones looked good. Demario Douglas needs to be rostered four receptions for 40 yards. That's only the beginning. Hunter Henry was the tight end answer, but Mike Jasicki looked good as well. Really, everyone was kind of used. It was a really impressive performance for Mac Jones, and a lot of these Patriots pieces are available for cheap. If there's one that you like in particular, go get them. You can pick up Kendrick Bourne. You can pick up Demario Douglas. You can probably pick up Hunter Henry, and you should be able to trade for Ramondre Stevenson pretty cheaply based on the potential usage that he's going to continue to get, which looks like a lot. And Ezekiel Elliott fumbled the ball. And so, of course, Bill Belichick's going to hate him for eternity and look to go elsewhere and also only seven carries in this game. You would have thought you'd see a lot more. But I guess they were playing from behind a lot. So we'll see how it changes. But still, I mean, Ramondre Stevenson had 12 carries, almost double. And the Eagles, my biggest takeaway here, I think I'm just going to start switching to biggest takeaway instead of talking about everything. My biggest takeaway, well, never mind. There's a lot to talk about in this one, too. We're just We're just keeping it going how I've been doing it. Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts looked okay. I'm going to say okay. You know, it, it wasn't the best performance by him for sure. Nine carries for 37 yards, of course, and then only 170 passing yards and only one touchdown. No turnovers, thankfully. Actually, he did have the fumble. He did have the lost fumble off of the fantastic Jabril Peppers tackle. 
Um, but it was Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown uh, being similar. Again, as I've been saying, my number one dynasty move this offseason was trading A.J. Brown for Devontae Smith. Plus, I don't even think that's possible anymore. I, I, these guys, it might be a little possible, but that plus is definitely not as good anymore. They are going to be neck and neck all year. Both of them 10 targets, both of them seven receptions. A.J. Brown had more yards, but it was Devontae Smith who got the touchdown. And it's just going to be a lot like that. Both of these guys are going to be fantastic. And I could see both of them being top 12 wide receivers by the end of the year. Um, and it's just going to be neck and neck. It is what it is, right? I mean, A.J. Brown, fantastic athlete, but Devontae Smith, also a fantastic wide receiver. And Kenneth Gainwell, he's the bell cow. He's the bell cow. Rashad Penny, healthy scratch. Kenneth Gainwell, 14 carries. DeAndre Swift, one. Kenneth Gainwell, four receptions. DeAndre Swift, one. Wow. Congratulations to everyone who drafted Kenneth Gainwell. Congratulations to the pod father. Great, great call. Dolphins Chargers was the most fantastic game. It might honestly go down as the best game of the season. I mean, 36 to 34 came down to the wire. If Justin Herbert was just a little bit better, it might have been a Chargers win. I don't know what happened there. Totally fell apart. Probably more of an offensive line thing as it was a sack. But still, Justin Herbert didn't look that good. He really did it. 23 of 33, 228 yards and one touchdown. I wanted a lot more for him. I started him in DFS. My bold prediction was that he'd throw for over 500 yards in this game. I should have chosen Tua. Um, but really, I mean, it, it, it's not there for Justin Herbert. I don't know what it is. Like the ceiling is supposed to be there. And yet this is now last year. We didn't see the ceiling in a game that should have been a ceiling game. It didn't happen. I don't understand how you can throw or have 34 points in a game. And the other quarterback throws for 466 and you don't even sniff two or you don't get two touchdowns and you don't sniff 300 yards. Like, what is up? What is up with Justin Herbert? Something is not right there, and I don't know what it is. The big story, though, is that Joshua Kelly is more than just a handcuff. 16 carries for 91 yards and a touchdown. Wow. <laughs> wow. Joshua Kelly looked really, really good. Austin Eckler, of course, also looked really, really good. 16 carries, 117 yards, and a touchdown on top of 47 receiving yards. Keenan Allen led in targets and receiving yards as he should um, and also got a couple carries. So Keenan Allen looking like the wide receiver to roster as he should have been and also looking like he's probably going to put up some wide receiver weeks, wide receiver one weeks. Uh, and Mike Williams also might as well. No ceiling there, which is, again, really, really weird that there was no ceiling from really any of these people outside of Austin Eckler. Like it, it was such a high scoring game. The other team was scoring so many points and passing the ball so much. I, I really weird, really weird, really, really weird. But here we go with the Miami Dolphins as Tua Tungavaiola has proven uh, that he was the best quarterback value of the fans of this, of this off season. No, no doubt in my mind, 466 yards, three touchdowns off of 45 passes. 28 of those were completed. Of course, it was Tyreek Hill doing most of it with 11 receptions for 215 yards and two touchdowns. But my God, what a performance by Tua. Looked amazing and also was avoiding some consistent hits. Didn't get sacked at all in this game. And it was a game without Teron Armstead. Tua looked great. And you cannot buy him anymore, unfortunately, at all. 
I mean, like whoever has him, he's like, nah, it's two a season. I am latching on to this Tyreek Hill, probably historic year. Uh, and Jalen Waddle's still going to have his games as well, guys. If you remember from last year, it was Tyreek Hill having a game, then Jalen Waddle having a game going back and forth. So don't panic too much if you have Jalen Waddle. And it was still a good game, 78 yards off of four receptions. It was just so dwarfed by Tyreek Hill's magnificence. River Craycraft scored a touchdown. Braxton Berrios had three receptions, and so did Durham Smythe. All of those guys probably need to be rostered in your deeper leagues for sure uh, because you're going to want a piece of this Dolphins offense. They look great. They look great. Rams beat the Seahawks 30-13 to without Cooper Cup. Matthew Stafford looked great. 300 yards, no touchdowns because they kept getting rushing touchdowns. Two rushing touchdowns to Kyron Williams and one to Cam Akers. Kyron Williams, 15 carries for 52 yards. Cam Akers, 22 for 29. This has turned into a full-blown committee. Kyron Williams is probably the hottest waiver wire of the ad of the week, if it isn't Puka Nakua, who also was very impressive. 10 receptions for 119 yards. Tutu Atwell also had 119 yards. Van Jefferson looked terrible. Tyler Higby did Tyler Higby things. But Tutu Atwell, Puka Nakua need to be rostered. Both of those guys are going to be good when Cooper Cup comes back as well. Uh, and I'm excited to see what this Rams can look like. They looked good. Matthew Stafford looked really good. And I, I would say is you know back really he looked fully healthy was having some escapability in the pocket making some good throws so matthew stafford 100 back looked good this rams offense there's some value here and lots of waiver wire additions are coming from the rams this week and it was the seahawks it was geno smith who just didn't look that good also less passing yards than desmond ritter even uh 16 of 26 112 yards and a touchdown that touchdown went to DK Metcalf, who totally blew the coverage uh, wide open. Fantastic route by him. Crushed it. Tyler Lockett left with uh, had to get tested for concussion. Jackson Smith and Jigba had himself three receptions, so that was great to see. And Kenneth Walker is still a bow cow for anyone that was worried. 12 carries for 64 yards. Great usage and a solid performance by him. And he's going to keep it up as Zach Charbonnet, only three carries for 11. Um, I, Kenneth Walker is the bell cow, is the guy. And finally, our Sunday night football game. And it was terrible for the New York Giants who lost 40 to zero. Didn't even put up a field goal. Daniel Jones, 15 to 28, 104 yards and two interceptions, no touchdowns. Darren Waller, the leading receiver with five targets that he took for three receptions and 36 yards. Isaiah Hodgins next with three targets for 24 yards. Darius Slayton had five targets. Saquon Barkley had four targets. And Paris Campbell had four targets. So if you guys had any questions about who was the receivers to roster, you didn't really get answered. <laughs> we'll have to wait another week. It's looking like it's still Darren Waller, but as you guys know, I'm off on Darren Waller. I just don't really see it happening, at least consistently, and especially not over the entire season. Um, and with a bunch of receivers kind of being spread around with over three receptions or three targets, Saquon, Paris Campbell, Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, those are probably the wide receivers that it's going to be consolidated between, but you're never going to be comfortable starting a single one of those unless some injuries happen. So I would honestly... Look to sell any Giants wide receiver in redraft leagues, not Dynasty. You can roster them still in Dynasty, but I'd look to sell them, see what you could get because I, I just, you're not going to have confidence in any of them. And that, to me, they're clogging your bench space. 
The Dallas Cowboys looked uh, fantastic, but it was mostly their defense that looked fantastic as they had a you know, blocked field goal touchdown uh, and more than a few turnovers. Um, and Tony Pollard, who scored most well, all of the offensive points is he got 14 carries for 70 yards and two touchdowns. Dak Prescott only 143 yards, but also only at 13 completions because he didn't have to pass the ball a lot. And so it's cool to see CD Lamb get 77. Half of those receiving yards went to CD Lamb. So he is definitely locked in as a wide receiver one this year. Um, you're not going to be able to buy him, so I'm not really going to recommend that. But if you can, then sure, go ahead because, you know, he didn't score a touchdown or have that great of a game or the Cowboys offense really didn't in general. You know, there, a buy window might be there, but I'm sure any fantasy manager knows it was just because of game script. Um, and another huge takeaway um, is that Jake Ferguson is going to lose his job by the end of the year. A fantastic blocker, but seven targets and two receptions for only uh, 11 yards. Not great. Lots of drops went his way. Um, and I do believe that Luke Schoomaker's athleticism will eventually let him take over. And I do want to talk about these backup running backs real quick, because if Tony Pollard goes down with injury, it will be a committee. So don't roster Rico Dowdle thinking that he's going to be a bell cow if Tony Pollard goes down because both him and Deuce Vaughn had six carries. It might have been game script, but still I do see Deuce Vaughn being utilized by this team as the year goes on. And especially if Tony Pollard goes down, him and Rico Dowdle will probably split the workload pretty evenly. So that was that was every game that happened. That was basically just a box score rundown with a little bit of tidbits about, you know, what happened and what I believe. Let's look to see if you guys had any good little questions here. I'm sure you did. Um, let's see. Najee Harris is gross. True. Um, Ritter or Fields rest of season? Fields. Um, yeah, I mean, you've just got to go with Fields. I, I mean, I don't think Ritter's going to lose this job. I really don't. He didn't turn the ball over, which is exactly what he's looking for. And he was, I mean, incredibly efficient. 15 of 18 is nothing to scoff at. Um, in one of my leagues, I have Lamb, Diggs, Devontae Smith, and Ayuk. Is there a world I would start Ayuk over any of them next week? No. Yeah, like I know that's one of my problems with rostering these 49ers receivers, especially if you have good receivers ahead of them, is the weeks that they blow up, they're on your damn bench. And that sucks. That sucks. So then you ask, should you sell high on Ayuk? And yeah, you probably should, given the receiver room you have. You're never really going to be confident starting him um over any of those guys and so you can probably get a really really good return for him i bet you could get devo samuel plus for brandon Ayuk right now and that would definitely be a move that i would make another question is who are some of your top waiver wire ads this week um in no particular order joshua kelly uh pukunakua kyron williams of course um demario douglas and maybe your deeper leagues a lot of the tight ends, like Hunter Henry is probably available. Durham Smythe is probably available. Adam Troutman is probably available. Logan Thomas is probably available. All of those guys um, are going to have their usage. Uh, Mac Hollins probably needs to be picked up. As we saw, he out-targeted Drake London. I think that that's going to be a consistent trend. Maybe not a consistent trend, but that's going to happen a couple more times this year, at least, like I said, I mean, I just, I don't think Drake London is a big part of this offense besides opening up running lanes and taking away some coverage is what he's there for. And that's just what this Falcons offense is. Um, some other waiver wire ads of Chuba Hubbard's available. If Sean Tucker's available, 
I mean, you've got to go pick up Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. <laughs> there's a lot of them. Um, let's see. Should you stream pa- Panthers tight end Hayden Hurst? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's another one of those tight ends you could pick up if he's available. It's looking like he's going to be like the leading receiver for this team. Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, or Joshua Kelly, waiver wire pickup. Joshua Kelly, and then Gus Edwards, and then Justice Hill. The Ravens love Gus Edwards, but the Chargers seem to love Joshua Kelly. And they were doing some plays where he was in at the fullback, and Austin Eckler was in at the running back, and he was getting some dives. I think that's going to be a lot. I think Joshua Kelly's going to continue. I mean, he had the same amount of carries as Austin Eckler in a game that was extremely competitive. It wasn't like they were using him to run out the clock or anything. And so Joshua Kelly, I think, is going to have a consistent role in this offense. He looked good. Joshua Kelly is probably my number one waiver wire pickup this week. Uh, But I do think that Gus Edwards is probably going to be the main Ravens running back. Justice Hill, probably the more receiving one. But uh, the Ravens do love Gus Edwards, and that's something you should not forget. Um, Is Gainwell gone? That was about someone else's question. Um, Don't drop JSN. You can drop Zach Charbonnet for Joshua Kelly or Gus Edwards. I think, I mean, I think it's just you're going to have to play your cards with jo- with Zach Charbonnet. You're waiting for an injury. Why clog your roster space? Just go ahead and drop him for one of these other handcuffed running backs that have a little bit more ceiling right now. Um, everyone compared Fields to Hurts. I know. I know. But DJ Moore is no AJ Brown. <laughs> uh, is it time to say that Fields is not good? I don't think so. I mean, I still think he's good um and especially good on the ground but yeah that pass that he really 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 does need to work on that passing but i think it'll come as the year goes on and that chemistry with uh dj Moore continues uh yeah should you stream hayden hurst yes um that looked should you trade fields lambs and jonathan taylor for hurts monroe and brian robinson i would trade fields for hurst and that's it. So no, I I uh I don't think uh yeah, I think I would roll with Fields Lamb and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, definitely. Um I, I think I would roll with those guys. I mean, I think Jonathan Taylor's gonna return and be totally fine. Um tight ends to check if anyone's available in free agent pool. I just listed a bunch of those. What do we do with London? Do we keep starting him and hope Ritter throws more next game? No. And that I sell sell Drake London. Just sell him. Just sell him. See what you can get, but just do it. Just do it. He's going to get cornerback one coverage every single time. They are not really taking many shots. And even if they do, it's probably not going to go to him. It's probably going to go to Kyle Pitts. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm, I've been saying guys, I've been saying, you guys know I'm a Falcons homer, but the one player I've not been touching all off season was Drake London. And he might have a couple games this year. You're never going to know when it comes. And so you're never going to have confidence starting him right now. His value is, you know, taking a hit because of this, but if it happens again, it's going to take another hit and another hit and another hit. And I really do think that it's going to be a rough year for Drake London. And that's fine. Like that is fine for football purposes. It'll make the Falcons good. It'll make some of the other people good, but he's definitely the odd man out here. Unfortunately, no, there's no silver lining at all. And would you drop A-Chain or Ty J Spears to start a kicker tonight if you're down 60? Playoff tiebreaker is total points. Uh, no. No. You've just, I mean, you're losing your game, and you talking about 10 points over the course of the year is not worth dropping one of these backup running backs who have a ton of upside. Definitely not. 
still stash Mac Hollins, everyone I see here on Instagram. What do you think of Rashad White? I think he'll be okay, but it's definitely going to be more of a committee than we want it to be. And should I drop Sky more? No, unfortunately, you have to keep rostering Chiefs receivers. What do I think of DJ Moore? I think he's going to get better as the year goes on for sure. Um, it's just that Justin Fields isn't the greatest passer, and it was week one. So he's used to Darnell Mooney. He's used to Cole Komet. DJ Moore will definitely start to have some games. And this is going to be the last question, guys. We've already gone for over an hour, which is way longer than Wake and Take is supposed to go. But I was just way too excited, way too excited about week one. Um, is it over for Cam Akers? I would say at least over bell cow potential. And I, I, yeah, it's looking like Kyron Williams is going to continue to eat into that all year. Uh, he looked much better. Um, and yeah, no, it, I, it's basically over for Cam Akers. Yeah. Okay. That's tough to say. <laughs> and there was a lot of bad news this weekend, but that was a very fun weekend. Football is finally here. I'll talk to you guys a little bit tomorrow about waiver wire, a little bit more. Going to dive into that. We'll talk about the Monday night football takeaways and we'll look ahead to week two. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope to see you all tomorrow on this very YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Y'all have a fantastic morning, a fantastic rest of your week, and I hope your fantasy football teams get some wins. Peace.